Hello and welcome to Plus One to Gaming. I'm Chris. And I'm Eric. And joining us once again are our good friends and stalwart table mates, Billy and Mark. Hey guys. Hello there. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm super, super excited because, uh, Eric, you're going to take the reins and lead us through the second book in Candlekeep Mysteries, Mass Frost's Mighty Digressions. So, do you want to take us away? Yes. So, like Chris said, today we're playing Maz... I can't... I have a hard time saying this guy's name for some reason. Masroth's Mighty Digressions. I also always want to call it his dissertation. <laughs> so I stumble on this the name of this adventure twice. The first word and the third word of a three-word title. So we did a, a quick introduction in the episode uh, last, uh, but I'm going to go over that again just in case somebody missed it. The year is 1894, the Gilded Age, the beginning of the Progressive Era. Grover Cleveland is president of the United States, Coca-Cola is sold in bottles for the first time, and a fire just ripped through a World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, destroying most of the building where you all met. You were all now on an Italian holiday. You are in the Vatican Library. You gained entry to this famed building using your fame and a gift. What did you give? I'll go first. Hello, my name is Nikola Tesla. To access the Vatican, I gave them the schematics for my new Atlas Automail. Well, hello. I am Samuel Clemens, better known by my pen name of Mark Twain, and I was given admittance just by giving them a signed copy of one of my more obscure works. Hello, I am Harry Houdini, magician extraordinaire, to be known the world over, and I gained access here by donating a page from my book of magic which will hold no writing of ink graphite chalk of any sort it's quite a miraculous object okay so you three are on vacation together like i said you met a year ago and formed a bond a quick bond uh so on someone's dime whoever's probably the richest at this point went on an italian holiday and in the middle of the holiday, you wanted to go into the Vatican and do some research. All of you probably on different things. So one of the three of you wants to study either magic and the weave, lycanthropy and its origins, or demon lords and the abyss. Who wants to study one of those subjects? I'd like to study the demon lords and the abyss to see where uh, some of these tales of demonic possessions and demons and just pure evil comes from perfect so while in the library you find a massive tome titled mass froth's mighty digression it is seven inches wide and nine inches tall the brown leather cover is worn from time and use the name of the book it, its author masroth gunther is elegantly written in cursive with black ink on the first page the care put into the, the front page, however, does not apply to the rest of the book's contents. Masfroth's handwriting is messy and hasty, as if they couldn't write down their thoughts fast enough. Furthermore, the book's 151 pages don't all match, indicating that the author kept <coughs> adding more pages. The book's stitching is haphazard and looks like it could come undone at any moment. So after you find an interesting book, the three of you retreat into a study. The Vatican Library is dotted with little studies off to the side so that 
their scholars can find books and go read comfortably in Italian style. I posted a picture on the Facebook group, just kind of what a Victorian study looks like, but it's very cluttered with leather chairs, leather couches, coffee tables, writing desks, fireplaces, not too big, usually about you know, 20 feet by 20 feet. And that's where you are now. The three of you are in this room and one of you, Mark Twain, is studying Maz Froth's Mighty Digressions and the other two reading kind of at their leisure. Samuel, what of that tome you found? Does it contain anything interesting? So after Mark Twain reads this tome for any given period of time, he learns that the abyss is ruled by demon lords. Baphomet, Demogorgon, you had to pick the one that had all of the <laughs> crazy fucking words. Grazjit, Jubilex, Orcris, Yingathu, Zimatami, and many others. Masfroth Math, Froth ties the origin of several monsters to these demon lords. St. Jubilex created the oozes, for example. I, I don't seem to understand much of what is written in here at all. I, it seems like gibberish. Uh, might, might I take a look? Of course. At that point, the book, while it's in both of your hands being passed off, you feel it start to shake, start to vibrate a little bit. Oh, Samuel, did you feel that? I definitely did. I, that, that was quite odd. Oh, I knew and there it, were power in words, magic in words, but this is... Um, can I like turn it over and kind of inspect it? Did it change in any way? You can, but I would rather you roll initiative. Oh, six for Tesla. Six for Mark. I have a negative one initiative bonus, so I'm guessing I don't go before Tesla. Yeah, I've got a big fat goose egg for mine. That's better than a negative. <laughs> I rolled a one. Wow, we are on fire. Just like with the punch, you were not ready. You were not expecting this. All right. So, and this makes sense because this is surprising. So as you're holding the, the book, it transforms into a, a luminous but not too bright sphere of ectoplasm, roughly three feet in diameter. And it attacks Tesla. <laughs> Damn it. And it rolled a one. So while holding this book, it transforms into this orb of ectoplasm and a tendril reaches out to, to try to latch on to Tesla. Um, your quick reflexes, its awkwardness in its new form, it misses wildly. The book then floats a little bit away from you toward Mark Twain. And it is Tesla's turn. Oh, heavens, this must be the ball lightning that I've heard about. Am I within five feet of it, or did it leave my... No, because uh, I mean, you two are like a handshake away from each other, so... Mm. You we're all within five feet. I don't know where Houdini is. Probably, I would imagine in a like a recliner somewhere. Okay. So he might be out of range, but the two of you are definitely within five feet of it. I will unveil my latest invention, the Atlas Automail, and try to uh, use it to, I guess, like get an analysis on this thing. Okay. Uh, explain that to me. Nicola has in this, I guess, like kind of imagine him in like a Tony Stark-esque kind of way, mm -hmm. at least with his inventions. He built this kind of automail, which is his infusion. So it's like a suit of uh, 
in the game Armor of Magical Strength. That kind of gives you, it lets you roll your, use your intelligence as your strength modifier. If you, like, you can basically swap out your intelligence mm-hmm. with charges. So, like, all of his attacks and spells kind of come from this, like, suit of auto mail that he made. But with, like, the identify spell, I'm kind of thinking, like, I don't know, maybe he's got some kind of rudimentary computer or something. Um, I think we could do that. I think also, like, identify could just be his magical brain yep that works but yeah i kind of want to get like this 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 is a scientific anomaly this is like a Mm -hmm. scientific phenomenon so tesla is in scientific mode just like really wanting to understand what this thing is um perfect so i think he wants to try and use identify to get an idea of like what is this thing what is it made of um what is its purpose trying to get like working through his scientific hypotheticals Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want to use identify on it. Walk me through that spell because I don't, I'm not, I don't remember it perfectly. Uh, choose one object you must touch throughout the casting of the spell. Oh, uh, it's a casting time of one minute, so I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> it's gonna take a while. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I wasted all that time. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I guess it did try to attack us, right? It, like it, tar- it tried to. Yes, you you feel attacked. All right. Well, fuck it. Nicholas is going to pull out his x-ray gun that he uses to x-ray things, I guess. And he's going to overcharge it and shoot a blast at it, which is basically firebolt. So it's just a melee at- or a magic attack roll. Uh, 16 to hit. That hits. Eight. Uh, I guess it's, te- it's technically fire damage. That's fair. Yeah. So you did eight damage? Yeah. You pull out your x-ray gun and blast it at this orb floating in the air. And the fire from the charge blasts a small chunk off and the orb kind of pulses in in reaction to that so it is mr clemens turn so i'm just gonna call him mark twain because it's more fun and so, it's easier to say yes so twain turns towards this orb and he, he looks at it gives it a puzzling nature and he goes hmm this object seems no more luminescent or terrifying then looking at the moon reflected in a placid lake, of which I do all the time, I, I don't see this thing being any real threat. And he casts vicious mockery to this thing. So as long as it can under, or has hearing, it doesn't even need to understand them, it, uh, it feels bad about itself and takes 1d4 damage on a failed wisdom saving throw. My spell save is 13. Okay, he rolled an 11, so he failed. He takes... All that 1d4 sweet, sweet damage, <laughs> which is a one, but he does have disadvantage on his next attack, which is always a plus. Always a plus. Anything else you'd like to do? Um, uh, not really. I'm, I'm not. He, Mark Twain is not very lithe and limber, and uh, <laughs> so he can't really get out. So, you know, he walks with a cane. And he's old. Uh, so he can't really move. He's just sitting there, standing there, I guess. All right. Then Harry Houdini is up next. Harry will rush to the defense of his companions. And we're going to take a slice with my daggers. Attack rolls 21 and 6. Uh, 21 definitely hits for 6 damage, you said? No, the other one was the attack roll on the Oh, okay. Second dagger. 
Yeah, the six misses. So roll me damage for the one. One D four piercing two damage. Two damage. All right. So you jump over the couch, kind of run as quickly as you can to your compatriots aid, pulling out your daggers, miss wildly with one of them. Uh, and get a nice slash right down the orb on the other for two damage. And again, you see kind of like a a ripple effect around, kind of like it's a floating ball of jello. You see a ripple, but you didn't really cut off like a, a decent chunk of it, just a slash through. So this orb turns to Mr. Twain, and a tendril springs out, and he has disadvantage, but he still hits. So, a because he hit with a uh, eighteen, and your armor class is nine. Is nine? Yeah, he's, <laughs> I didn't he's realize a, that. <laughs> he's wearing a suit and has negative dexterity. So, <laughs> I didn't realize that when I chose you as a target, but probably good because he has disadvantage. So this tendril reaches from the orb and grabs you, kind of in the middle of your chest, and does seven necrotic damage, and you take one form of exhaustion. Or one level of exhaustion. While this tendril is connected to you, you hear in your mind, Feed me. Need life. And it is Tesla's turn. Samuel, watch out. I will save you. And I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to use the auto mail. So I'm going to use uh, a charge of that infusion to use my intelligence as a modifier. To punch it in the face. That was off the table. Yeah, it's 14 to hit. That hits. Ooh, max that out. Six damage. So you you punched it? Yeah, so this it's like um kind of like an exoskeleton that he wears mm-hmm. like over his suit. Um just kind of like actuators, there's like a battery pack on the back. It uses um Tesla's induction motor to augment the user's strength. So it gives you the strength of two Teddy Roosevelts. <laughs> All right, that's strong as hell. But there's like some like base because of the harrowing events that happened the year before that Tesla doesn't want to talk about. He kind of built in a few modifications, like but yeah, like all, 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 all of, yeah, but most of his like abilities come from like wearing this auto mail, which is also his armor. Awesome. With the strength of two Teddy Roosevelts and actuator motors, punch this orb and land pretty firmly, pretty squarely in, you know, the center of it. Three feet in diameter is pretty big, so it's kind of hard to miss. And again, with kind of a satisfying thwack you see the the ripples around like dropping a rock a stone into a placid pond um and you feel like you did a pretty good amount of damage to it mr twain it is your turn so mark twain is taken aback by the the just the feeling of death as the best way to describe it and and the the voice that he's heard in his head so he is going to uh, disengage and, and just try to get as far away from this creature as possible. And, and as he does that, he's going to, to tell everybody else, like, oh, beware, this creature is very foul. I, I, I don't know exactly where he comes from, but he hit me with this energy that felt like my life force was being drained. And, and he told me somehow that he wanted my life force. So, I, I don't have much life force to give the man, or being, <laughs> to be honest, but uh, I'd, I'd like to keep what r- little remains to myself. 
Perhaps he did not appreciate you insulting him. All right, so you you use disengage as your action. Do you and you moved out of its range? Do you have that's, anything else you'd like to do? That's all I can do. That's my okay. Then Harry Houdini, you are up next. Quick question: Can I take a bonus action at the beginning of a turn? I believe I can. Yeah, any action in any order. So you can take bonus move. You know, cool attack. Yeah. You could even segment it, like move, bonus action, move, attack. Gotcha. I'm going to use cunning action to hide. Houdini will yell, the great disappearing Houdini! And he um, has kind of a puff of smoke when he attempts to hide. Nice. Kind of like a little stage presence. So it says I have to do a stealth check, but I don't what number do I have to pass? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would assume like passive perception, but so I don't you take I take don't the hide that. action, make a dexterity stealth check in an attempt to hide, following the rules for hiding. If you succeed, blah blah blah. The hiding is just a DM call on whether you are out of the line of sight. Like you can only hide if the creature can't see you. Like, if it's Passive. looking at you, you can't pass. You know, you can't just... Says, DM compares dexterity stealth check of anyone hiding with passive wisdom of each creature on the opposing side. Yeah, but that's if you're so, already yeah. hiding. Like, you can't... If you oh, take so, the yeah. hide action, you have to not... It can't be seeing you. Like, if you're already hidden, it's easier to stay hidden. But you can't just, like, you know, pop and go hidden when you're in the middle of, you know, something's view. So then, can I use cunning actions... To disengage, move. So, so you can as use a cunning action to hide, kind of mid thing. So the way that I see it is like, because that's the that's to be honest, the point of this skill is so that you can hide every round. You know, you guys are in kind of a cluttered room. You can easily throw down a a smoke bomb and like jump behind a chair and like roll so that you're like hidden from view. Um, <laughs> And then pop out and be like, bah! that's that's, you know, I think totally within the realm of of possibility. But I don't know what it would need me to roll against because this creature doesn't have at least listed passive perception or Might be a perception. Wisdom. Yeah, I mean, it's got a wisdom skill, but like it's it's it doesn't have I mean, it doesn't even have a perception. You know, it doesn't have skills. Yeah, or uh, it doesn't give you a stat block though, or like gives me a stat block, but it doesn't give me skill. So I have the stats. Yeah, yeah. But so like, I think you could just roll like a d twenty for wisdom, add their modifier, and then that's their like sort of passive okay. perception. Okay, so it's a, a roll off. It's a roll off. Then every time he wants to stealth, he has to roll a dex, and I have to roll a wisdom. I mean, that's how I would roll it, just to make it quick and easy. Like, yeah, you're, sounds... you're, you're hiding in front of them, mm -hmm. so you have to kind of, like, you have to kind of battle, you have to resolve that. Yeah, and then, that sounds cool. Yeah, because it, it gives a chance of failure. Mm -hmm. like a Let's fair... do that. All right, Mark, roll off. Two, uh, 11 total. Cool, I rolled a one. You're hidden. <laughs> Almost didn't matter. Yay. Yay. So, you, yeah, I you'd throw your smoke grenade your little smoke bomb and duck behind a chair or something, this thing, you are very confident, cannot see you. Cool. 
so then I would like to I'm gonna duck behind it like um behind it out of view but nearby because I still want to attack. Um and I'm gonna attack with my two daggers. So attack roll number one is ten and number two is fourteen. The first one misses. The second one hits. Okay. I rolled a one damage with the dagger, and I would like to also use my sneak attack. Oh, you know what? Didn't I have advantage because I'm hidden on that attack roll for one of my daggers? want to point out, yes. like, rules is written. If a creature can't see you, you have advantage on attack rolls against it. So then if he's hidden, he gets advantage on... Just the first one. I was going to say on how many of his multi-attacks. Well, as soon as you attack, you give your location away and you're no okay. longer hidden. Okay, so let, let's gotcha. do that then. Okay, roll, well, that made roll. sense then because I, yep. I rolled one. The first one I rolled hit. The second one missed, so I would have been exposed anyways, I think. The first so. one missed. So, oh, re, so roll okay. me another damage. Roll me another d20. Okay. Um, that is now a 13... Plus two, 15. That hits. Roll some damage. Okay. That is three piercing damage. All right. So you pop out from behind an ottoman, and with both of your daggers, swishy slash this floating orb and cutting off, you know, decent little chunks of it, watching the ripples run through. But it is still floating in the air, but it definitely looks worse for wear. And it is the orb's turn, unless you want to do anything else. No. Alright. The orb turns to Mr. Houdini. And a tendril splits out of its center mass. Reaching toward your chest. And that is a 17 to hit. That hits. That hits. For sure. Whew. Not again. Alright, Mark. <laughs> Alright. That's 14 necrotic damage. 14? Yes. Goodness gracious. Good this lord! Thing, this thing is stacked. Um, so Houdini, um, I rise in absolute agony and just like collapse to the floor. I have 11 <laughs> hit points. <laughs> now you see me? When he pops out of stealth and then just immediately gets slapped across the face. Harry, no! Uh, that's all the orb wants to do, so it is Tesla's turn. Um, so as this thing has contacted Houdini, did it appear... Um, did it appear to, like, change in any way? Did it, like, uh, did it seem to, like, suck his life force away? I'm just kind of putting together what... Uh, or Tesla's putting together what Samuel, or what Samuel said and observing it for the this, this second time. He's, like, trying to put some things together. So you would think, you would assume that, but you don't, you don't see that that happened. Okay. It doesn't look any better for wear. You know, all you can still see all of the knife cuts and all of the punching dents and the fire burns and stuff like that. Um, so it, it does not look healthier. Okay. All right. I'm going to, well, this is what Tesla would do. Uh, he's going to use one of his features, magical tinkering. Um, essentially, he's going to use the um, one of the little cameras or recording devices in Atlas to 
record this creature for no more than six seconds. Um, basically trying to either take a photograph or recording, whatever you'll allow, um, to get like evidence of this creature, to get like scientific documentation of this creature as it's like floating there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, both video and photography are around at this time video is in a very fledgling state i believe like the first motion picture had like just very recently um come like debuted uh, or like that technology has just been invented and you are at the cutting edge of technology so you would have it so whichever you would like yeah i mean ideally maybe like a like a six second clip of it just floating there um trying to if this thing, it, it, I think Tesla imagines it being some some, some form of energy, mm-hmm. and as a, a scientist in the field of electricity, that would be a sentient electrical being is mind blowing, paradigm shifting. Paradigm shifting. Like, yeah, it was like 1895 when the first like public movie was aired. Yeah, I, I read, I believe that the technology was like, it was definitely out at this time because this is yeah, 1894. <laughs> so you would again, have been super rich and like a genius scientist. So if that all tracks, which it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you want to do with this? Uh, store it and log it for later. But like okay. while it's there, while it's exists, I'm just, yeah, just trying to like role play the character. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. But it doesn't have any effect on the on the creature? Nope, nope. Um, I mean, imagine, because it's like one of the artificer's features, so I'm trying to explore some of those mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. But I imagine that would be an action to do that, because like, I'm essentially like using a little mundane magic yeah. to, to kind of do this. Perfect. So you get out your... what? Describe this to me. Where is it like on your suit? What does it like look and sound like? Yeah, I think it's um, like built into maybe one of the sh- uh, shoulder pauldrons or something. To um, again, like this this thing was built for to to help improve the work conditions of the ordinary man, and he wants to he imagines you know people being able to use this for mobility, but also like for working and productivity. Um, so it has like these different technology things, like a recording device, maybe for like rescue stuff or you know exploration. Um, so it just has like all these features built into it. So it's like a little, just like kind of like a, it's probably sleek for 1890s, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, probably, you know, bulky by our standards, but like this recording device just starts to spin up and just uh, only has enough juice for short clips, though. It's a limitation of the technology. Six so I envision it because like, I know the cameras of those days like had like the... um like accordion kind of like middle. Um, so the way that I'm seeing this, you know, like you said, it's part of your pauldron. So like the outer shell is, is pretty hardened and it kind of pops up like, Oh, that's cool. I like that. Like a, uh, like a trap door and then accordions out <laughs> like forward so that it can be like retractable and compactable. That's perfect. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And then there's like one of those like, wheel things on the side of it that that spins for for how like you said like six seconds which would be your turn yeah. um cool then, so oh yeah go ahead uh and then uh just seeing that um harry has fallen 
Uh, I think he's going to switch to the uh, buckler gauntlet and kind of step, try and step in between Harry and this uh, force. Tesla doesn't have a strong constitution either, but he is loyal to his friends. All right. Uh, Mark Twain, it is your turn. Okay. Uh, I am going to, once again, cast Vicious Mockery at the, the creature. It's really... Ooh, just missed it. I got a 12. So he is viciously mocked, and it takes damage too, correct? Yeah, it just takes one damage, but it has a disadvantage on its next attack. So that's it. Uh, also, just to clear it up, um, the hiding is the bonus action, so it so is using your second, your offhand weapon, so you can't do both. If you're going to use... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So oh, good note. I was going to say, that is so stacked. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember it being that stacked. It, it's stacked. And also, like, hide. Like, you. Rules are written, you can't hide from a creature that can see you clearly. Like, and so, like, it's mostly for, like, you know, like a bonus action to hide when you're already could hide anyway. Like, it's like a rogue mm, that can just yeah, that was hide every single, every single round. Like, attack, hide, sneak attack, hide, sneak attack. Like, if you're I not for sure have done that, though. <laughs> Yeah, a, that's what it's way, okay. well, Yeah, that's well, if you're if you're out like not right next to him, you could yeah. definitely be like in like hiding behind something so he doesn't have a clear view of you. But if you're in like melee combat, he's got pretty. Okay. Yeah, I think this is one of those areas too. Just you know, however you want to like rules is written or however you want to kind of deviate. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's a DM call yeah. too. Um, and this yeah. this adventure is written for four to six of you, so. You guys are probably going to need a little bit of help. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's so let's let's just establish that though, if we want to. Like, th- we'll allow this mechanic just so we don't have to keep checking. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, I'll allow it because it's. I mean, it's also like Houdini's kind of thing to be like. I like the way that Mark's done it so far. Like, um, you could just. It like a, he does a sleight of hand. Me. Like he distracts him and then sneaks away. Like that's his thing. Like it's That'd the whole cool. thing. Like, yeah. Like that is he's a magician. It's all about sleight of hand. So that makes perfect sense. Like he doesn't. But, you know. but no, no second dagger. No second dagger when he does. Yeah. 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 For yeah. Sure. That's that's a resource. Yeah, that you use up to do Sorry. that. I'm used to playing with four arms like my other robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and also I just missed it. Because what I wanted, what I should have done, would have been to hide before I rushed over, but just a new character so it probably won't be an issue the hiding thing in the future because now i know to do it first yeah that's fine um speaking of though it is harry houdini's turn will you roll me a death save have you ever rolled a death save before mark yeah i die like every game um (laughs) (laughs) i did google it so just to remind myself though okay so um houdini rolls a 12 for so that's one success one success yes and he he goes the um, amazing and that and that's all he can get out (laughs) so then it is this orbs turn again uh and really the only person within reach of it is tesla so he's going to Shoot another tendril out at you, at Tesla, uh, but oh. he has disadvantage. And your armor class is 16 now, correct? Because you yeah, have he's your got his buckler up. Okay, the first one hit, but the second one missed. So thank you, Mr. Clemens. 
you've been studying this thing for you know the last few seconds however long this fight has gone on you kind of know it's mo by now so you're expecting this to happen a, a tendril shoots out from the center mass uh but you're able to move your buckler up and block it so it doesn't make contact with your body it is now your turn oh samuel once again your inspiring words have saved me don't worry harry we'll get you out of here and I'm going to expend another charge of Atlas to make another Atlas strike against it. It's a 13 to hit. That hits. Uh, for five damage. All right. So you punch this thing square center mass. Uh, and you see that it is struggling, floating there still, uh, struggling to kind of hold itself together. Bunches of dents and cuts and burns in it. Um, but it is still flying there, still floating in the middle of this room. Uh, Mr. Twain, it's your turn. So Twain turns to this creature that's vastly falling apart, and and, and he, with a little bit more confidence, he, uh, even though there's a, a dying friend right next to him, uh, he just turns to him like, "See, I I knew that you were weaker than you thought you were. Look at you falling apart, falling apart like petals from a vicious mockery." Roll a save, and it's a fail. So it only takes one damage, you said? No, it's a D4. I've rolled, to, okay, I've rolled I was one say. twice. <laughs> I rolled a one again. So three ones in a row for me. Right. Makes up for everybody else's rolling pretty good. So, Well, this disadvantage is definitely helpful. Yeah, um, that's the whole point. He's not, he doesn't do a lot. He's, he's yeah. an old man. He is not combat oriented for sure. He's Mr. just Hadeem. insulting people. So, you know, <laughs> insulting inanimate objects is harder <laughs> as an insult comic. <laughs> Roll me a death save. Twenty, nat twenty. So I believe on a nat twenty, it's it's you're up, right? Like you don't have to do it anymore. I think it's a is it either is it a double success? No, it's a double failure if you fail a roll of one. I think it is like it's an instant one h or yeah. zero hp. Yeah, you're yeah. you're you're stable. Yeah, good job. Um, but that's his action. He can't like do anything this round, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. All right. You want to say anything? You want to do anything else? Houdini. He finally finishes his catchphrase. With only Tesla in range, he attacks at thee. Whew, both hit. The orb sprouts another tendril from center mass and shoots past your buckler, just barely. Uh, hits you center chest, and you take 11 necrotic damage. And in your brain, in your mind, you hear... Feed me. Need life. And it is Tesla's turn. Oh dear, I feel... Oh. Yeah, that put me down to one hit point. Goodness. Well, I guess the only thing really at this point to do is to see if we can power through this thing. You said it was. it's looking kind of worse for wear? It's looking very worse for wear. It is barely an orb anymore. There's giant chunks out of it. It's like dripping pieces off still. You think that it is it is not long for this world. Well, it, it kills Tesla to destroy such a, a scientific marvel, but you cannot have my friends. And I guess I'll use another charge on this thing. Burn it through him. Uh, 14 to hit. 14 hits. Uh, six damage. Nice. What are you doing to this thing? Um, yes. Yeah, so, no, it's Punching it? Charging up the activators, the induction motor spins and whirls, and that kind of like uh, like big O kind of, 
where it like powers up this punch and just does a lot more impact than what Tesla could ever hope to achieve. Okay, so it had six health left. So describe it for me. Oh, tight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think just uh, the the loyalty and love of his friends outweighs his scientific motivations at this point, and he activates the induction motor, which comes to a spin, activating the torque in the pistons, and a mechanical punch just thwacks into this thing, and I don't know if it explodes. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, so there's a passage on here. I can't remember. Where is it? I'm not sure what it is or what it's made out of, if, but... Imagine if yeah. things were sloughing off, it would... Yeah, it's made of ectoplasm. So yeah, when you punch it, it's like somebody made a baseball of jello and gave you a, like a, an underhand throw. You punch it and it explodes everywhere. Hey, and you Harry, are... are you okay? Yes, I've eaten better days, but I'm alive. Here, here, let me help you up. Let's, let us take a moment to rest. I feel as though I'm on death's door. Samuel, how are, how are you feeling? I've been better, but I'm no. These old bones have have done a lot, and I've been worse. So, if are you taking a short rest? Uh, I think yes. I, yeah. I think it's almost imperative because we have a guy that's almost dead, and the other guy with one half hit point. So, yes, yeah, yes. I but like as we're doing that, I yeah, definitely want to talk to the guys to see like what their thoughts are on this. Yeah. So you're in a lounge. <laughs> So like yeah. I feel like this is the perfect um place to to take a rest and chat. That's literally what it's designed for. You will have to mind the ectoplasm splattered on the couches and chairs and carpets. <laughs> well, Tesla does not abide by messes, so I think he will start by like trying to clean some of it up to make a comfortable spot for us to sit. Yeah. It's while they're resting, um uh, Twain reads a couple passages of a Yankee and no, the book, a, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court, which is like one of his books, kind of funny. And so he's reading that and that it's like his song of rest. So you all get an extra D six on your health points when you do your, uh, short rest. Ooh. Oh, that was one of my favorites when I was in the taking reprieve to get over my sickness. Thank you, Samuel. Mm-hmm. So after your short rest, um, you do not, you no longer feel exhausted. So everyone who took a level of exhaustion, it is gone. And then you can heal, you know, however much your, your rolls take you. That song of rest helped a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A whole lot. So about that time, a, a Vatican helper comes you know the basically your guide that's been kind of walking with you through the through the grounds and through the library his name is sprig summerfoot he's a he's a small and soft-spoken italian man let me get back into my let me find my italian voice i've been practicing all week (laughs) oh so mr twain what happened in this room I wish I could tell you exactly what happened, but I am I am unable to discern the exact uh experience myself. It it seems that we were um attacked by some strange dimensional being that seeked to suck our very life force from us. Um some sort of demonic creature, I would assume it 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 seemed to be in 
connected to this book that I uh, that I was hoping to investigate. Oh no, that's the third book this week. Are hmm, you saying that's... this has happened before? Two other times with two other books. Did I I hoping that that everybody was okay, but did did all survive their encounters? Because it was quite harrowing for us, and and you know, by Jove, we had a world-renowned, dexterous escape artist, and my friend Nicola here in this amazing power armor that I think is the only one in the world. So, uh, did did what happened to the other people that were attacked by this creature? The other two people are still here. They are okay. Uh, you know, worse for wear for a while, but they happened in a more uh, populated space, so there was more people to help. And I, I did not see this attack either time, uh, but I, I've heard stories, and you are all very lucky to be alive. I, I would very much like to see the tomes of which these creatures emanated. Um... So that's the thing, Mr. Twain, that the tomes disappear. When uh, when it turns into the the ball of goo, so these uh, these books were used as entry. You know the same way that you gave us your book, uh, used as entry to get into the library, and uh, they turn into these a monster. Hmm. So these all didn't come from the Vatican. They were gifts. Hopefully, my book does not turn into some weird creature. I mean, it's. It's about me traveling across the United States. I, I believe it's the tramp travels of a tramp or a tramp travels. You do not that, know the name of your own book, I Mr. Twain. I, for, I forgot and I did not put it down in my notes. I believe it was Twain. A tramp abroad is what I wanted to put because uh, I made it when I traveled across the United States and I was, I'm writing a new one right now for when I travel across this grand continent of Europe. So um, I thought I'd give the precursor to to you as, as a small token. So maybe it's a good idea. Should I, should I check and see if my book is now demonic possessed? I don't know. Oh. Well, your book is uh, being processed right now by our, uh, our librarians, and it is... Um... I mean, it's not like the other books that, that have turned into these uh, monsters. Yours is a brand new one and, you know, gifted by the author, which, again, we appreciate you, Mr. Twain. Uh, these other books, they were you know, similar to this one, very old and very uh, dilapidated. Who brought you these dangerous, fraudulent books? Uh, two people here. They're still here in the, in the Vatican. Um come just within the last week or two. Uh, one, his name is Yarlin High School, and the other just simply goes by the name Valor. Yeah, so there's too many coincidences here. Yarlin High School, is that Scandinavian? It seems quite odd. He's a British, British man uh, from London, I believe. And Valor is, uh, I believe she is German, or Prussian at this time. Well, ah, uh, if you've read my misings on that awful German language, which is one of my books, then you'd, I'd much prefer to talk to the British man. Oh, you haven't met him yet. You don't know. But I agree with you on German. It is a very clunky language. 
So I feel like that's a good place to end because we have to talk to these other people and then do some more stuff and we're already an hour and a half in. Do you guys feel like it's a good spot? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We can keep keep it kind of chunky. That's totally fine. Um, cool. Yep. And, I mean, if you're going to talk to a British person and a German person, I have to work on my accents. All right, we'll let Eric work on his accents. That's all for this session of Mass Frost Mighty Digressions circa 1890. We hope you enjoyed this reflavoring of a D&D campaign in Candlekeep Mysteries. It's certainly a lot of fun to roleplay. We'd love to know what you're doing in your Mass Frost Mighty Digressions game. Let us know in the comments or shoot us a note at plus one to gaming at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast at plus one to gaming.com so you don't miss an episode of our live playthroughs, DM tips, character creation tools, and more. Stay tuned as we have some bonus content for you, as well as the next session in the second venture of this book. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.